Welcome back to the Ascended Thoughts Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Crane. So I, today, would like to talk about this concept of comfortability because, you know, I'm actually being inspired a lot by you guys recently and the work that I do with a lot of you all and what I realized from talking to you is that a lot of the challenges that um, you guys come to me with, you guys have a tendency to experience it at the same time. And uh, I know my life is kind of set up on the synchronicity of I'll go through things and experience my own challenges, issues, things that need healing. And when I have my own breakthroughs, the clients that I then get are people who are dealing with the same thing I was just struggling with that I just had a breakthrough with. And so the the lessons that I learned by the time I teach them sometimes can be actually very new and fresh for me and really raw. But um, recently, and by recently, I want to say, gosh, it's not so recent. I feel like maybe in the last eight months or so, one thing I've noticed is there is this fight that people are having when it comes to to being themselves, to being themselves freely, right? And the thing with being yourself freely, that requires that you live in the state of truth. Living in a state of truth requires that you do a lot of things. It requires that you set boundaries. It requires that you say you stand up for yourself. It requires that you you say no, right? It requires that you stop doing things that maybe you didn't really want to do to begin with, but you thought that maybe you should do it because you didn't want to make somebody upset. It requires sort of this overhaul. And the reason for that is because we live a life of full of untruth and it's not your fault, right? The majority of us live lives that are not truly authentic or genuine and um, or real or truthful in relation to our true self. And it's not your fault because that is very much the fabric of society. It's how it set up, right? There's this idea of putting your best foot forward, of being presentable in work situations, of being professional. We have a lot of different masks and a lot of different facades that we carry through society that we're expected to hold and uh, maintain. And should there be a time when one of our masks falls or we forget to uphold the facade, right? We can actually be penalized for it. We can be chastised. We can be scolded, yelled at. A lot of things can go wrong, right? It can it can create situations where you break up with a romantic partner. Maybe you get ostracized from family or one of your family members start talking to each other. Maybe you lose a friendship. Maybe you get fired from a job, right? Not upholding one of your facades is enough to create a situation where your entire life falls apart. And so all of these facades are all of our personas are are created by uh, things that were taught to us in childhood, things that our parents would have said, how we would have watched our caretaker or caregivers act. And we picked up bits and pieces that somehow resonated with us at the time and we've used them. And to mold this idea of self that we feel like should be presented, right? This idea of self that should be presented to society. And 
what ends up happening with that is that you reach a certain point in life where you feel like you can't uphold that. And it starts to create a lot of ish issues that usually manifest in some form of mental health. Maybe it's depression or anxiety, right? But you end up in a place where you just start to think to yourself, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And what happens is because you're so far gone, because those facades have been so deeply ingrained because they've been used for so many years, you start to mistake the facade as you. You start to think that you're this person. Then you start to be unhappy with this person that you think that you are. And then sometimes maybe you'll go to therapy, you'll get yourself a doctor, right? Maybe you'll go and you'll go on to some meds or whatever. And then for some of you, it helps, right? But then there's a, a good majority of you that it only helps for a short period of time. And at some point in time, you end up going back into this, this mode of trying to figure out like, like who you are. And, 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 and what does that mean? Who do you want to do? Who do you want to be? And asking ourselves who we are has a tendency to be a lifelong quest for us because as children, we are not taught self. We are not taught the value of self. We are not taught how to value self. We are taught how to be everything other than what we actually are, right? And we're taught in so many ways. How many of you were a child and maybe you cried and some adult figure said to you, don't cry, you shouldn't cry or, or, or suck it up. You know what I mean? It's not that big of a deal, right? You weren't validated for the first time in your life. And so now you grew up and now you're an adult and you don't know how to cry, right? Maybe as a kid, you got so frustrated about something. And so maybe you started to express that. And as kids, right, kids have a tendency to be passionate in their speech, sometimes loud, right? And because of that, maybe you were told not to do that. Now as an adult, you have a whole issue when it comes to expressing yourself, expressing your emotions, expressing what it is that you think, right? Maybe as a kid, you love to draw, you know, or you love to paint, you love some form of art and some adult didn't wasn't excited about it when you tried to show them what it was that you created. Now you're an adult and you feel like you have issues with creativity. You don't know how to produce, right? Because all of those things that are you, was somehow stifled as a kid. And then what do adults at that time in your life do? They start to correct, right? Don't do this, don't do that, don't say this, don't say that, don't be this, don't be that, don't act like this, don't act like that. And so you take all of that and you start chipping away, chipping away at pieces of yourself in ways that you may have normally act because that's you, because that's true to self, you get rid of it, you stop doing it. Next thing you know, you're 30, 40 years old and you're like, wait a minute, I don't, understand, I don't understand any of this. Or maybe one of those traits start to kind of crawl back out and you don't know where it's coming from. And you start thinking, oh my God, am I crazy? What's wrong? I'm losing it. And the idea is like, no, you're not crazy. You're not losing it. That was always a piece of you. That's probably one of the most natural parts of you. But as a kid, somehow it got put away because you were told that it wasn't supposed to be there. And so you you live a life that's that's inauthentic. We all do until we we gain some form of conscious awareness of the fact that that's the case. And so we decide to do things differently, right? But you have to reach a point where you realize like, holy shit, like that's not me. 
Even when it comes to how you think, you're taught that you're supposed to think a certain way, right? And the easiest example of that is is how cultures change across borders. I mean, how you can have different cultures in a city, but let's just talk about borders in different countries. You cross a border, the entire culture is different. How they think is different. Family dynamics are different. Friend dynamics are different. How you act with in professional situations in terms of how you're supposed to act with like bosses are different. You know what I mean? There are like entire cultures where like if you're sitting at a table with people that are older than you and you want to take a sip of your beverage, you have to turn away so they don't look at you. So they can't see you drink something. Right. And the thing is, in these cultures, it's a sign of respect. But for cultures that don't do that, it's weird. Like, why would you do that? All of that, though, if you zoom out, it's kind of arbitrary. Who comes up with the standards? Who's coming up with these guidelines? Right. Under normal circumstances, if you were thirsty, you probably would just drink it. There probably wouldn't necessarily be this all this thought that goes out to it. Another example of that, right, is like, let's take like college. In the U.S., when you graduate college, right, the, the, the graduates, the students walk, right? The students, like they, they're the, the ceremony happens for the students. The cere- like the students are the ones that celebrate it. Like they walk, the music plays for them, right? In the UK, it's, it's, it's reverse. In the UK, the ceremony happens for the professors. I'll never forget when I was at, I had a graduation in the UK, because for those of you that don't know, I'm educated both in the US and the UK, my, my higher education. And I remember getting, like when I was graduating in the UK, being so confused about why the ceremony was for the professors. And I remember going, wait, I spent all this goddamn money and those motherfuckers, <laughs> they're getting the praise. Like, what the fuck is that about, right? But it's just, there's there's someone setting the standards, right? But if you zoom out and you think, why is all of that necessary anyway? Why do you need the pop and circumstance, right? Also, even the education, why is that necessary? The, the requirements of education are arbitrary. What does it do? What does it mean? Why? Who was the person that wrote this book? And who were the people that said, yeah, this person is smart enough to teach everybody else. And if everybody doesn't know what this one person said, then they're not considered educated. But it's decision-making like that that causes us to create these facades of who we are and what we are and what we do, right? And how we do things, right? Like sometimes you'll meet someone and the easiest, I always go back to romantic relationships because I feel like it's the easiest way to see human dynamics through romantic partnership because you're tuned in to the person a lot more because you like them. But like the amount of times, you know, I think a lot of people can resonate with maybe there was someone that you dated in the past. Maybe you got on with them really well. You really liked them. And then one day just kind of, I don't know, went to shit. Then you looked at that person and you thought, I don't even know who the hell this person is. My thing is, of course, you don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. How could you know who they are? And they don't know who they are. That person too is living a life that's untrue to themselves and inauthentic, inauthentic, right? And they had to, just the way you had to, because society dictates that you do. And so when you're going through your spiritual process, the, the journey of spirituality is the journey of truth. 
And the journey of truth is the, is the journey of self, figuring out who you are, what you are, what you stand for, and then finding the courage to stand firm of those things, but also having the wisdom to know and accept that maybe you'll change your mind and that too is okay. And that maybe you'll want to stand on something else tomorrow and that too is okay. And not holding it to yourself if you change your mind because you feel like you've, you've gathered more information that would warrant a change in decision making. Right. That's a lot of what we are, what we do. And when you are on that journey of truth, you start to learn things and unlearn things about yourself. And while you're in that place of unlearning, you then have to heal a lot of things and come to terms with the holy shit that wasn't true. And they lied to me. And and that was really fucking manipulative. And what manipulative? And like, what is that? Right. A lot of you, myself included, have a lot of issues when you start to think about your childhood and maybe how you were treated by the people that were taking care of you. Even the ones of you that had really good childhoods. Right. There, you all too share a memory of like, why the hell did that one person say that to me? Right. That one adult figure or that caregiver said this one thing to me or did this one thing to me and it always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I never quite understood it. It always kind of made me feel bad. Like, why did they do it? But somehow, some way, that thing they did has shaped how you feel about certain situations or why you act the way you do in certain situations. Maybe why you have certain triggers that you have and 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 how you act on those triggers. A lot of it comes through this process, this programming process, right? Because when society is programming, programming is not just done through schooling. It's not just done through governments. Programming is done by the people that are close to you, your mother, your father, your caregiver, right? Those are like chief programming officers, okay? Those are the ones that do it the most. Why? Society gives them a rule book. Society says that if you're a good parent, you will have children that behave this way. And if your children don't behave the way society says they're supposed to behave, congratulations, you have unruly children. What does that mean? That means that maybe you're not a good parent. Maybe you are an unfit parent, right? Maybe you just don't know what you're doing. And then so parents do what they need to do in order to have these these children that are not considered unruly. And unfortunately, for uh, a lot of us, right, that may have resulted in severe punishment or some form of abuse right like 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 whoopings or beatings and stuff like that if it wasn't physical abuse it was definitely mental or or, or emotional verbal right there was some sort of abuse that then took place in order to get you back into line because society has a way of making sure parents stay in line even things like schooling, right? If the kid doesn't go to school, then that's truancy, right? And parents can go to jail for that. And so society has a way of policing our caregivers. And so because our caregivers are being policed by society, our caregivers then take the same rules that society gave them and then police us. When you are on your spiritual path and your journey of truth, you have to decide whether or not you want to continue to perpetuate those cycles and whether or not you want to continue to perpetuate those teachings with the people that are around you, people you love, maybe your own children potentially, and what that actually means for you, right? Or if you simply want to drop it, right? Sometimes when you are healing and you are unlearning all the things that through some which way, shape, or form society has pushed on you, a lot of the times all you have to do is just like go, you know what, this isn't for me anymore. I don't want it. Right. You just have to say, I don't, I don't want it. 
I don't want it anymore because that's not me. That's not truth. And if I'm on the journey of truth, in order for me to stay true, I have to let this go. You can also be on the journey of truth too, with knowing that there are parts of you that behave in a way that's not authentic. I'll give you a really good example. I have a muggle job. I have a very matrix 3D job. In that job, I have a facade. Why? Because if I if I would like to keep my job, and I do like my job, I will say that. I like my job. I'd like to keep my job. Maintaining my facade is necessary in order for me to do that, right? Now, that I know that in those situations and in those settings, I'm not authentic, right? The way I view it, they're not paying me to be authentic. Part of my pay is that I remain inauthentic, right? If you have a if you have a regular muggle job, you are inauthentic in the, in that place of work. That's just the way it is. And it's not a bad thing. It's a setting, a program of society, right? If you have a matrix job, you're behaving in a way the matrix ma- mandates that you behave, which is with, which is with one of your several facades, and that's okay. But what I do for me, I have an awareness that that's what I'm doing. I have an awareness that, okay, over here, this is my facade, right? I make my money over here this way through this facade. That's cool, right? But when I'm not working or I'm, I'm removed from that professional setting, I take that facade off This because it's not me. I don't want to carry it. It's not comfortable. It's, it's really heavy. It's not real. It's not true to who I am at all, not even in the slightest. And I don't want to hold it. A lot of times what happens is that people then take the, the facade and they bring it with them right? And sometimes they take it home or or maybe they go and maybe they go on a date or maybe they meet some of their friends. And the thing is, in those situations, you're changing out masks. But sometimes what happens is that people don't realize it's time to switch a mask out, right? Never mind telling that person, hey, you know what? You want to try that thing that we call being authentic? They're like, what are you talking about? Right? And you also can't go to someone and say, hey, you're not being authentic right now because that's insulting to itself because part of the facade and the mask that we have due to society is that we are we are authentic, that we are true to ourselves and that we are real and that's not what society is. This whole thing is a game. Life is a game. The Matrix is a game. It's all, it's all some sort of imagined reality. How could it ever be real, right? But if you tell somebody that they're wearing a facade and they haven't yet grown the awareness to know that they are wearing a facade, it can be incredibly traumatic for them, right? So when it comes to you specifically in this journey of truth, the moment you realize you're no longer being truth, truthful to yourself, it's traumatic. And sometimes what happens is that it provokes all of these mental breakdowns, these emotional breakdowns. Sometimes it creates like this triggering moment to experience some form of the dark night of the soul because you have been confronted with this traumatic piece of information that the life you are living is not real or it's not true to you or it's not the life you wanted. And that's why so many of you when you hear this, it'll be like, oh my God, like this is not the life I wanted. Like I'm somehow living this life that's not true to me. And you're right. It's not true to you because this life that you're living was created with one of your mini masks and mini facades that society mandates that you have. And so you can start the process of asking yourself, well, what life do you want to have? Right? If you want to have a life of truth and that requires that you start living like with truth. And then, so this is going to bring me full circle because my God, it must be 20 minutes. I don't know like how I did that. Back to this idea, what I said in the very, very beginning about talking about this concept of comfortability, right? 
once you go, okay, I'm now going to pursue that truth, right? That requires that you change a lot of things. The people that you acquire through your life and the people that maybe you were stuck with, like family, the relationships that have developed through your lifetime, all were acquired and or developed out of uh, connections that may have not been 100% authentic or 100% genuine. And again, this is not your fault. This is just a product of society. And also when you're dealing with that other person, that person is bringing themselves to the equation where they're not entirely genuine or authentic, right? So when you are on your, your truth journey and you start doing things that are truthful to you, what you'll start to notice is that you'll start to say no a lot more often, or you'll start to have to implement boundaries that you may have not previously implemented boundaries for. And it's required because doing what you would have done before or saying what you would have said before is no longer truthful. It's not resonating with you anymore. And so people start looking at you like, yo, you've changed, you've changed. And you're like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm just over here trying to pursue the best things for me. And they're like, no, you've changed. It's not that you change, is that, that you're realizing that what you did previously wasn't truthful. With someone that you're dealing with most likely is still living in a place of untruth. For them, it's going to feel like some sort of like righteous betrayal. How could you do this to me? And you're like, bro, I just said I didn't want to go with you there anymore because it's not resonating with me on a frequency level. But you can still go and like they're hurt, right? You have to start establishing boundaries more with people, saying no to people. You start, you, 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 you'll find that you're in this space where like you no longer want to people please. And in the beginning of the journey, it's really hard. It's really hard going through that because you're like, oh God, like I'm so used to this being our pattern. Maybe I would have regularly people pleased them. Maybe I know that they're used to that, right? And the idea of going against that, I know I'm going to make them upset or maybe I'll make them mad. I don't really want to go through all that confrontation. That can be hard, but you feel like if you do it, you're not being true to yourself. And so what's happening is that it puts you in positions where you're now uncomfortable, right? And so the thing is, though, you can't sit in that discomfort forever because if you do, you're, you're, it's, a dis, it's a disservice to yourself because how can you pursue the, the path of truth if you're allowing yourself to be uncomfortable? The fact that you are uncomfortable is your body's way of letting you know that for whatever reason, that situation or that frequency that you're in at that moment is not of truth. And so you have to displace the comfort. You have to get rid of it because it's not of truth. The way you start displacing that discomfort is allowing yourself to live with knowing that other people will be uncomfortable, right? The more you start to pursue your your truth, maybe that's pursuing your nose or pursuing your boundaries, or honestly, not even something like that. Maybe it's something like just doing what it is that you wanted to do, right? Maybe you have a group of friends and you guys always do things together. Maybe they want to go bowling. Maybe you didn't want to do that. Maybe you wanted to go have coffee and and then go to a bookshop and read a book and have peace and quiet. And now they're upset with you because they wanted to go bowling. But your truth is that you just want peace and quiet. And the thing is, you in the past, you wouldn't have said that because you didn't want them uncomfortable. Now you have to get comfortable with them being uncomfortable because in the past, you not saying that always in some level, shape or form made you uncomfortable. At, it, I mean, it always does, right? But you can't sit in your discomfort because that's not truth. If you continue to sit in your discomfort, you're not being true to yourself. And so you have to displace the truth. But you know what? 
when you start to pursue your truth, guess what? Other people start to be kind of uncomfortable. And part of that is a frequency thing, right? If you are someone that understands energy, when you are in the energetic frequency of truth, people that are not in that frequency are uncomfortable. They won't even know why. All they know is that for some reason, there's some sort of energetic resonance that's not really resonating in the way it was supposed to resonate, right? They won't even know that it's because you switched resonates and that you guys are not resonating at the same frequency anymore because they are not pursuing a path of truth. But if you want to have a life that you want to have, a life that's comfortable for you, where you get the things that you want for yourself, and it's important for you. In order to allow yourself to continue on your journey of truth, you have to get to the point where you are comfortable making other people uncomfortable. People will always be uncomfortable. It doesn't matter what you do. The moment you stop serving someone else's interest is the moment that person becomes uncomfortable. And you have to be okay with that because you have to stop serving other people's, un- uh, dis- uh, what, was, what was I saying? You have to stop serving other people's comfort in order to serve your own. And you have to serve your own because that's truth. That's your truth. And if you want your truth, you have to be okay with them being uncomfortable. And you know what? Them being uncomfortable is really on them because they should have also been uh, exploring their own journey of truth. It's not your job to save them, to help them get there, to understand that. And also, even you bringing this up to them wouldn't be helpful. It probably would trigger them or start an argument because they're going to take offense to it. They're not going to understand that the journey of truth is is breaking through this, the paradigms and the false realities that society has cre- created, right? It is not about feeling like you are a liar, right? That's not what it is. It's about breaking and busting through reality, taking off the rose-colored glasses and examining the life that society has helped you create through the rules of society whether or not you feel like it's in alignment with your truth and then making the decision to then create another life that's in alignment with your truth because that is what you want for yourself and that's okay. And when people start watching you pursue a life that you want for yourself, they don't like it. Why? Because society routinely conditions people not to pursue what it is that is important to them. Society conditions us that way, right? And so when people start to see people get the things that they want or be the person that they want to be, people become jealous. They become they become envious, right? People are going to watch you pursuing your truth and they're not going to like it because they haven't yet learned how to how to pursue their own. Pursuing your truth means that you may have to say no sometimes. People are going to take that as rejection and may require that you set a boundary sometimes. People are going to take that as rejection. It doesn't mean that you're rejecting them. It just means that you're pursuing truth. But that is their journey, not yours. Did you know that you did not wake up this morning with the intention to hurt these people? So if that person feels hurt, then that has to do with something that they have internalized themselves. And that is work that they need to go heal on their own. It is not your job to help them through that. It is not your job to heal it for them. It's just not your job. That is something that they have to work on themselves. And it's not your responsibility to go band-aid it for them. It is okay for somebody else to sit in their discomfort, right? And it's also okay if you've caused it. Assuming you didn't cause it because you were being malicious or you were trying to hurt the person. If that person's discomfort was caused because you said you didn't want to do something that they wanted you to do, 
That's not your fault. It's not your fault that somebody else tried to inflict their will on you and then got mad when their tactic didn't work. That's not your fault. That's they need to deal with that. That's not you. That's not yours to deal with. But you have to get used to making people uncomfortable. And you'll start to notice is that you'll start to things will start to move out of your way. Right. I want to like give you another example of how you can see this play out. Let's say you have some big time career goal. Right. Particularly as a woman. Right. As a woman, if you have some big time career goal of climbing some sort of corporate ladder, your whole job is to make people uncomfortable. That's what they pay you the big bucks for. To speak up, to say what it is that you need to say, to make certain decisions. Right. That's going to make people uncomfortable to set boundaries, to set tones, to set expectations. Yep. That's going to make people uncomfortable. Look, I haven't met one person that's okay with boundaries. Ain't no person I've come across ever likes a boundary. Nobody likes to be told no. Dogs don't even like to be told no. No, no, it's, it goes against animalistic nature to be cool with boundaries, right? So yeah, that's going to make them uncomfortable, but you have to continue speaking up and you have to continue making those decisions if you want to continue moving through that ladder because that's the job. That's what you're getting paid to do. But if you are so uncomfortable with the idea of causing people discomfort, then you're never going to go there, right? People will always be uncomfortable. People have to heal. That's their insecurities. Those are their feelings and thoughts of what they feel like they come short with or come up short with. Those are their previous experiences being rejected and probably some mean shit their mother or father said to them when they were a kid. That is a lifetime of of unhealed drama uh, trauma and things that are unresolved that is not your problem and I get it because anyone that would have ended up on this podcast you guys are my spiritual folks a lot of you guys are empaths and your heart just breaks for these people but listen honey it's not your problem your healing or their healing rather has nothing to do with you All you were doing was pursuing a a path of truth. And if you want to have this life, if you want to create a certain life for yourself, when I'm saying create a certain life, it, it doesn't have to do with like money or like, or like wealth. It could really just be peace. Maybe you just want a life of peace, right? Maybe you want to, maybe you, you want to like have a normal life. Maybe you don't like work. You don't mind working a muggle job. You just want to have time in your life where you can paint at the end of the day because you love art and something about art lights you up and it opens your heart center and that's you and that's what you want. That's the life that you want for yourself that requires that you seek your own truth because that's the only way to get it. And the reason why it's the only way to get it is because it's a true desire. In order to get to your true desires, you have to get there from a place of truth. And that requires that you you be your own person, that you that you act independently or you make independent decisions, that you follow yourself, that you follow your own guiding light, that you're following your own heart, your own mind, that you're doing your own thing. And the only way to get there is by making people uncomfortable, right? Also, too, people are insecure and no one wants to see you doing the damn thing. Whenever people start seeing people doing the damn thing, people want to get jealous. They want to get envious. They want to throw you off, right? And because you're still healing, because we all are, you start dealing with your own internalized self-esteem issues, right? Because now someone said something and now you feel like, oh my God, did I do something wrong, right? 
But that was their job. Their job was to try to throw you off. They are a hater. But if you want to get anywhere, you're going to have to get used to making people uncomfortable. That may be with your voice. That may be speaking up for yourself. That may be standing up for yourself. That may just you just being you, you pursuing you, you doing you, boo. And in order to do you efficiently and effectively and productively in a way that ends in a life that you that you from the heart with your truest of all desires wanted to create it just requires you to 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 seek your own truth and that means that in your journey of truth people are going to be uncomfortable but if you want to have a life of truth because you should i mean why not why would you want a life any other kind of way then you have to get comfortable making people uncomfortable okay and that's going to be a big one for people. Like, oh my God, like, oh. Because the idea of making people, like, uncomfortable makes you uncomfortable, right? The idea of, like, enforcing a boundary, oh my God, for some of you that can, like, make you break out in hives. The idea for some of you to say no to somebody, oh my God, you would rather just roll over because you're like, oh, like, who, like, who wants to be in that kind of situation? Like, you're like, I just want this to be over. I want to melt into somebody's couch and it's just, or just be a wall flower and they not see me but baby you, why not why do you want to hide like what what's the problem with being seen what's the problem with standing up for yourself what's the problem of doing what it is that you wanted to do you have to look at it from a perspective too of like a lot of times all of these situations is, are just people enforcing their will on you whenever you got to say no speak up for yourself set a boundary or do something or just be like nah no thanks I want to go my own way and people get mad at you that's literally that person being upset because they tried to force their will on you and it wasn't successful, right? And when people are unsuccessful, they don't like that. I think that that is just instinct. I don't even think that that's like, oh, you know, a product of society. I think it's just instinct. Why would you, why would you want to be unsuccessful? That's like not, that goes against being the fittest when it comes to survival of the fittest. Like who would want that? You know, and so, yeah, people may buck on you a little bit. And when that happens, you stand firm because it is what it is. You said what you said. But that but you have to allow yourself to reach a point where you can get comfortable knowing that at times you're going to make other people uncomfortable. But you know what? Eventually what happens is that you see a flip, right? Eventually what happens is people think to themselves, oh man, like I, I I would like to go to this person and ask this person something or I want to ask them to do something. But because they know they can't get away with it with you, they stop asking, right? Eventually what happens, you just become that person that people know they can't manipulate or they know that they can't force their will on you. And so they stop asking. Like we all have, that we all know somebody you know, or have known of somebody. For some of you, you may be the somebody where people go, oh no, don't mess with so-and-so. Oh yeah, that won't work with so-and-so. Don't mess with so-and-so. We all know a so-and-so, right? Personally, in my life, I'm the so-and-so. I like being in the so-and-so. I wasn't always the so-and-so, right? I used to be a real bitch. I was a whole pushover. <laughs> I was a doormat. My God, you could have just walked all over me. And then when my journey of truth started, it required that I set a whole lot of boundaries with people and I had to say a whole lot of no. And I gotta tell you, that was real rough for me, but it happened. And my whole life has done a complete overhaul on what it's resulted in. I was so worried that I'd be known as like a bitch or something. And then 
but it had a different effect. People ended up respecting me because they understood that what you see with me is really what you get. You know, I always said, you know, that I'm okay with being a bitch to somebody or no, let me reword that. That was terrible. I am not okay with being a bitch with to somebody. I mean to say that I'm okay if someone thinks that I'm a bitch, right? Because maybe, maybe I set a tone, like a boundary and maybe it was misunderstood. Like, and maybe because of that, that person decided that they don't like me, right? And so maybe they go, oh, she's such a bitch. I've always said, I'm okay with that. But you will never say that I'm a liar. You will never say that I'm unfair because all of those things are true or untrue. You will always know that at a minimum, even if you don't like me, that the, the, that the exchange and the interaction that you had with me was real. You'll always know that because I'm on my journey of truth. And that requires that I'm true to myself. And in order to be true to myself means that I cannot honor anyone's request that is not true to me. Just because you want me around, because you want me to serve your self-interest, maybe I got my own interests, and right now you're not serving mine. And so maybe the answer is no that day. Maybe that answer is the, is the enforcement of boundaries. But I understand that both may make you uncomfortable, but it's not my job. Because at the end of the day, I didn't mean to any harm. I just wanted to follow my own path of truth. If you internalize that due to your own unhealed, unresolved trauma, that's on you, boo. And you're going to have to work that out.